Somebody said the devil is a liar. Satan is just a liar. The devil is a liar. Don't believe in what he says. Oh, he's the father of lies. You know the Bible calls the devil the father of lies? That's what Jesus said. He said when the devil speaks, he speaks as a liar that he is because he's the father of lies. Let's do it one more time. The devil is a liar. Dun, dun, dun. The devil is a liar. Don't believe in what he says. Oh, he's the father of life. Bam, bam. Oh, he's a liar. The devil is a liar. Oh, don't believe in what he says. Oh, he's the father of life. Somebody says, Satan try to put on me what God has taken away. Satan tries to take from me what God has given to me. He also comes to tell me lies. But I don't have to listen to him. I just tell him I got Jesus in my soul. Joy like a river. Joy like a river. Joy like a river in my soul. I got joy like a river. I got joy like a river. I got joy like a river in my soul. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter 1. Oh, Jesus, I just love you. I just love you. Holy Ghost is champion. Ephesians chapter 1. I read from verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling? Two, that you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Number three, that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Let's cut it off right here. Amen. And uh, so a couple of Sundays back when we first read this text, beginning a kind of series, 
Uh, it became a series, kind of. We looked up some couple of chapters in Isaiah where God kept talking about, I did this and I did that. I did this, I said that. That you may know, that you may consider, that you may understand, that you may believe. He's a very purpose-driven God. If God says a thing, it's for a purpose. God doesn't say, oh, oh, I'm just pulling your legs. That's why we wrote that song, God is not fooling us at all. And he's not kidding us. God is not fooling us at all. God is not kidding me at all. He the promise will perform it all. Give him praise. Give him praise. God is not fooling us at all. Sit down quiet. God is not kidding me at all. He the promise we perform it all. Give him praise. Give him praise. He means what he says and he says what he means. That you may know. I said I knelt down in my room and I was saying, God, that particular thing you told me you would do for me, you said soon you will do it. And in the eyes of man, it should have come by now, but you are not a man, you are God. I said, God, but I thank you that you have not released it yet. Because the time that you have chosen is the best for me to receive it. Some things you say, oh, if I don't get it last year. If God did not release it for you last year, thank God that he has not. He knows why. You can never with your finite mind. You know how low the mind of man is compared to that of God? His ways are higher than our ways. His ways, talking about methodologies, modus operandi, modus vivendi, his way of doing things, his manner of approach, his style. Those things make up his ways, his ways, his style, his ideas. His ways are higher than our ways. You know why? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's the way you think that shape your life. You behave according to your thinking. Because Jesus rightly said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's the way you think that determines the way you talk. And each time you open your mouth, people see into your heart. So, mind your thoughts and then mind your language. But as a matter of fact, if you can mind your thoughts, you've taken care of your language. You, you've taken care of your actions, your habits, your character. If you sow a thought, you will reap an action. You carry out what you've spent time thinking about, planning about. If you sow a thought, you are going to reap an action. And if you so an action, 
you're going to reap a habit. And if you sow a habit, you will reap a character. That becomes your character. And if you sow a character, you reap an eternity that is either desolate or blissful. So watch your thoughts. Guard your hearts with all diligence, the Bible tells us. For out of it, the heart, are the wellspring of life, are the issues of life. I remember I wrote a song. Guard your heart, guard your heart with diligence, issues of life, they come from there. Some of these songs, I can't even remember them. This is beautiful. I'm going to do it one more time. Guard your heart, guard your heart with diligence, issues of life, they come from there. And be careful the things you listen to and you watch. They will affect the way you think. There are some circle of friends you should dissociate from. Keep moving with some bad people. They keep talking nonsense and you keep hearing it. You're comfortable in their midst. Very soon you begin to think it's okay to be like that. You start talking like that and acting like that. But I said, oh God, there is a reason Brother Paul spoke that revelation out that in everything we should thank you. In everything, First Thessalonians 5, in everything, give thanks. In everything doesn't mean every good thing because some things are not good. Bad days, good days, beautiful weekends, some horrible weekends. You attended a funeral of somebody who is just, oh no, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But in everything, give thanks. For all things are yours. When but Paul told the Corinthian church all things are yours, he went on to be naming things that are theirs. Whether life or death, whether this or that, they are all yours. How can death be yours? Life is yours. Death is yours. He was telling the Corinthians that all things are yours. In other words, he was trying to say, even death can work ultimately for the good of the believer. There are some sicknesses that hit you and that sickness stops you from, from carrying out a journey that you were to make. And that journey is where the enemy will lead you to kill you. And sickness knock you down. You couldn't make it. By the time your colleagues have traveled and come back, you recover from your sickness. And even the sickness is now working for your good. The ways of God, eh? Our hand is to say, God, help us. How you go help us? Naim, no. And he can use sickness to help you. He used sack letter to help a girl. In 2001, September 11 of 2001, when Osama Biladi's guys flew those planes into the Twin Towers in New York and the building came down, thousands of people, I learned about 3,000 people died in that place. There was a Nigerian girl living in New York that was on Friday got a letter, sack letter. Her office was in uh, one of the flats in those towers. And she went home and said, God, I did my best. I paid my tithe. But I don't know why you allow me to lose this job. Oh, God, I'm not happy at all. 
got a sack letter on Friday. So on Monday, they didn't go to work. On Tuesday, the building came down. 3,000 people in that building died. And all the person who gave the sack letter, the ones who were uh, promoted, they all died three days after she was fired. A sack letter is for you. All things are yours. Somebody say, all things are mine. Oh boy, this Bible eh, is deep. If you see what Paul was telling the Corinthian church, all things are yours. It is that some good things are yours. He still mentioned some bad things. How can Paul put that one there? I wish that one is not there. You don't know the revelation the man got. This man, Paul, was dripping of revelation. Soak wet. He's, he's trying to, to tell the efficient church that God may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That will be straightforward without much doctrines being revealed. That one. That God may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Instead of going straight, that God may give to you. <laughs> Look at what he put there in between. He said that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, two things are revealed there, Bridget. He's trying to say that God may give to you. He now said that God, the Father, the Fatherhood, how God became a Father of Jesus when he has no wife. You will have to explain that. But he's trying to say that God may give to you. Now before going into the three things that God will give you, the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, the exceeding great, blah, blah, blah. He just first of put some powerful two doctrines in between. The man, if he wants to greet you, you were in church on Wednesday Bible study. If he wants to greet you just to say, I want monko, he will put doctrine. And we could not go through one verse of greeting. He used four verses to greet Titus. You were not here on Wednesday night. We were studying first uh, the book of Titus, chapter 1. Or John, you were here. He spent the first four verses greeting Titus. And the verse 1 of the greeting, we could not finish it before our time was up. It was 8.30 p.m. I said, my time is up. Greeting. I love this guy. When I get to heaven, this is one man I want to... I don't know if God is putting my mansion close to that of Brother Paul. I would like to just take a stroll to Paul's place and say... Man, are you are come visit. Ah, Ross Paul. Ah, Paulo Maldini. How you there? <laughs> I want to see Paul, man. Sit down. Have gist with this guy. Then I would say, Paul, you know something? I was a fan of your epistles. Do you know I have spent 30 years teaching the epistles in this church? We began in 1992, Surulere, Ephesians. And when we are done with titles now, we will now go to the book of Acts of the Apostles. Because that is the only book remaining that we haven't Beautiful. That God may give to you. He now said, that God, the Father, the, uh, uh, the God of our Lord Jesus, the Lordship of Jesus is a message. How Jesus became Lord. Because there was a time he wasn't. The Father of glory. He's the Father of Jesus. He's also the father of glory. Explain that. This is God. You know you can preach a message one hour and say my title is the father of glory. And they'll start judging. The father of glory. But do you have information to supply the under the title the father of glory? What makes God glorious? 
Aha, uh-huh, you start teaching. The Bible is not something you just gloss over. Somebody said that we spent two years studying first and second Timothy. Say, hey, wait till you come there. Not when you sit down and teach. You see, what I do here on Wednesday is different from what I do here on Sunday. I mean, if you come on Wednesday, you see there's a difference. Okay, let's leave all of this. That you may know. Tell me about that you may know. Amen. And that you may know. We started talking like this because Kennedy was able to put up a hero, an heroic act of ministering deliverance to his daughter. Had a dream. Said this dream, I know the meaning. I don't need pastor to interpret this. It means my daughter is being used of the devil against us. She's into somewhere that we are not aware of. She told the wife and they prayed and all the daughter and told the daughter what they saw and asked her, please open up. We are not beating you, just we are your parents. If you can show love to your children, they will open up. If you don't show love, they won't open up to you. They will only open up to their friends and their friends will explain it to them wrongly. But you will never deceive your, your children. So I say amen. Oh, this church will always tell the beautiful story of uh, Brother Kennedy. She needs to receive the Holy Ghost. She has not started speaking in tongues. Oh, it's going to be difficult for her to keep resisting them because those witches will be coming to her every night. I have not given you a call. Do they come to her every night? They, are, they don't like to give up. They keep saying, let's go back to the coven. Let's go back. But if... Oh, Shaka! <laughs> Where is the girl? More, tell her to get ready. Before this service, I'm going to put my hands on her. You will receive power from on her. Oh, there is power from above. I believe Holy Ghost is the power from above. I believe Holy Ghost is the power from above. Power from above. There is a power from above. Power from above, there is a power from above. I believe Holy Ghost is the power from One more time, everybody. I believe Holy Ghost is the power from above. I believe Holy Ghost is the power from above. If you are born again in this house, you have every reason to be happy. Sometimes take your mind away from the wahala in this country. No light, no fuel. People can't sleep where well. heat. You want to keep person. This country is manifesting all the crosses I told you. God said he's, he's working in Nigeria. Nigeria doesn't know they are operating under a cross. He told me that. So I told my wife, these are the things we suffer. But when you sing songs like this, the spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. Something more than gold. Something more than gold. The spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. One more time. Something more than gold. Something more than gold. The spirit of God in the heart of man is something more than gold. 
I want you to know, that's the only point I can take today within 30 minutes. I'll round it off so we can do some other things. Just take one more point today. I say that you may know that listen carefully, that you may know that witches, wizards are seriously deceived as they serve the father of lies. That's a point to look at. 30 minutes is enough. You do spend more than that. Witches, wizards are seriously deceived as they serve the master deceiver, the father of lies. There are three things the devil is very good at doing. Threefold ministry. One, he deceives, he tempts, he accuses. Or he steals, whichever. No, actually, the assignment is he came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his threefold ministry. But he has threefold weapons to carry it out. His assignment on earth, steal, kill, destroy. So put it properly now. That's the threefold ministry of the devil. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he has threefold weapons he uses to fulfill those three ministries. He deceives. If he does not deceive you, he can't kill you. He can't steal your joy until he deceives you. He's a deceiver. He's a tempter. And he's the accuser of the brethren. Those are the three things he uses in fulfilling his threefold ministry. One more time, the threefold ministry of Satan, the devil, is steal for the devil cometh not but for to steal, to kill and to destroy. How does he carry those things out? He tempts, he deceives, he accuses. And then that, that's, it, that's a, 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 a proper teaching some other time. Now I said, God Reveal to us things that happen in Kennedy's household that we may know, one of them, that witches and wizards are seriously deceived. By who? By the devil. As they serve him who is the father of lies. Church, let me not get too academic. Look up. Let me stop speaking big, big grammar. I said that you may know God wants us to be aware that these witches, these wizards, they are terribly deceived. Now, what does that mean? There's something I did not hear from any, any witch, but I heard from the Holy Ghost. He said, Theo, what do you think is making witches to be so zealous in their serving of their master, the devil, and they are ready to suffer some things in this world just to fulfill some things in the spirit world. He said there is a promise. There is a hope. Paul said to the Ephesian church that you may know what is the hope of your calling. In other words, what is in need for us? This Christianity, what will they do? What is the gain? What we waiting? And he said if it's only in this world that we have hope in Christ Jesus, 
then we are of all men most miserable. When they tell you as a Christian, if you don't have money, if you don't have house, that everything is wrong with you, tell them it does not all end here, you prosperity preacher. If it's only in this world, what car I drive, what clothes I wear, if it is only in these things that our Christianity has guaranteed, oh, if I accept Christ, I will, I will, my feet will be anointed in the feet washing service into breakthrough. They will give, they will give me oil to pour my hair when I'm going for interview. If it is all these material things that we gain in Christianity, then Paul said, you don't know how miserable and wretched we are as people. Because you don't need to be a Christian to build a house. There was real estate before Jesus died on the cross. There were contractors before Jesus died. He didn't die so that you can have a contract. He didn't die so that you can own houses. There were houses before he was born, Jesus. He didn't die so that, oh, you may get a job. You, no, people, or that you may have food. No, people were already eating. His mother breastfed him, Mary. That's not the reason. Those are the jaras. Those are the feces. You ain't go feed, you ain't go clutch, you ain't go give you money, buy car. Those are the feces. Nobody goes to market looking to buy feces. You are going to market to buy the gari or the fish. You didn't say, hey, madam, I want to buy fishy. No, they will, they will not be looking at you. So you get gari, I want, I want buy. Uh, when, you don't, when they don't measure for you, you say, if you see me, you know, the feces self not reach anything. You just use finger. Not your finger. You cover hand. And you are happy they have given you fish. Well, you know what the prosperity preachers are doing? They have majored on their feces in their churches. Jesus said, seek ye first. Somebody say first. That's the principal thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Before he said these other things, he already mentioned them in the preceding couple of verses. I'm quoting from Matthew. You know that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, for after these things the Gentiles seek. The word Gentile denoting unbelievers who don't know God. He said, all those who don't know God, they pursue these things. Now, how come we that are supposed to know God, we are like the Gentiles who seek clothes, private jet, house. We need those things. He said, take no thought for the morrow. For tomorrow will take care of itself. He said, look at the best, the plumage company. They neither toil nor spin nor gather into bands, but your heavenly father feeds all of them. Are you not of much more value than many sparrows put together? What makes you think God cannot feed you? He said, look at the lilies of the field. Oh, Lord God, your heavenly father clothes them all. He said, look at the birds in the air. Not one of them falls down without your father's knowledge. If you take a catapult sling and, and use a stone, kill one bird that flies across your house or perch at the guava tree at the back of your house, when one falls down, he knows there's an alteration in the sensor's figure of the plumage company in the skies. And then that God said, look at you. You don't have to worry. He said, even the hair strands on your head are all numbered. I so much care about you. I will feed you. All you need, all you need, 
need is to put your faith in me and keep tracking after Jesus. Setting your affection on things above and not on things beneath, but on things above. He said if you set your affection on things above, that means you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I will ensure that the inevitable concomitances of righteousness which is your food, your health, your divine security, your motto, your everything are given unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. But be ye not like the unbelievers. For after these things, the Gentiles seek. After these material things, the unbelievers major. But how come our pastors are following the Gentiles majoring God? jeeps and limousines and private jets something is wrong somewhere church we need to think straight be ye not like unto them said the Lord oh, be ye not like unto them each time I come to this church I check my heart again and again before I step on this podium I say Lord why am I preaching Help me to set my motive right. I didn't come here to preach so I can collect your tithe and offering. The people who are the richest men in the world, they have no access to tithe. Bill Gates, not they collect tithe. Vladimir Putin, not they collect tithe. Fashola is not collecting tithe. Those who are collecting tithe are not the richest people in the world. Ronaldo is richer than Oyedeko. Ronaldo is a billionaire footballer. I hope you know that. In, do in dollars. Billionaire in dollars, not Naira. Oyedeko is a billionaire in Naira. And when you convert Oyedeko's billions of Naira, it gives him only $150 million. And as far as Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are concerned, Oyedeko is just a poor pastor. And that's the Oyedeko we are saying. <laughs> he is the richest pastor in the world. Yet yeah, that's what. Uh, 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 Forbes said. So he is the richest pastor in the world. And then the second richest pastor in the world is uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. And they put it online. How much is T.D. Jakes? What? Only a paltry, comparatively speaking, relatively speaking, a paltry $145 million. Those, those, those basketballers in the U.S., they see T.D. Jakes are still a struggling pastor. And they say, oh yeah, they say, oh yeah, Kilome is the third richest pastor. And that one went down to a distant $50 million. <laughs> Elon Musk, in late 2021, in two weeks, I can't remember the figure that he made in two weeks, billions of dollars. And he overtook they asked TDJ, not TDJ, Bill Gates, a question. You know what he said? That's many years ago. He said, if I'm standing here and a hundred bill, how much is a hundred dollar in Naira? Is it about 45,000 naira? 57,000 naira. A human being like you and I, you don't know Jesus Christ. So if I'm going to tell me about Jesus Christ, we yab you. He said, to hell with your Jesus. 
So that when we as Christians go to church and what we expect pastor to preach is to tell us the secret anointing God gave him to enrich us. That is why you chose winners. You one of the most stupid people in the world. How rich is Oyedeko? How rich? How rich? I'm not saying it's not rich. Oh, we are talking comparatively speaking. So that you will know the loudest men in the world are the poorest. My brother, let pastors go back to the original calling. Prepare people for the coming of Jesus. Don't let pastors not go and enjoy the secret of breakthrough. Let's teach my brethren how to become the richest Nigerians. Christians are not the richest Nigerians. The richest Nigerians are still the Muslims. So you better drop your Jesus talk, 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 talk when you want to talk about money. Because Jesus Christ said, I didn't come for that. They said, this man that can multiply loaves of fish and, and feed thousands of people. If this man, our prime minister, there will be no economic uh, whatever. There will be no uh, uh, unemployment. There will be no... Uh, they saw him multiply five loaves and two fishes and fed. They said, let's make him a president. He did not campaign. They forcefully grabbed Jesus. They said, we must swear you in. You know, win election. They wanted to coronate Jesus. They say we need this kind of a man with this charisma. He will heal our economy. He said Israel will once again rule the world if we can make him to be prime minister. Bible said Jesus Christ bent down and dodged them. In fact, before he left, he said, no, my kingdom is not of this world. And pastors are preaching as if their kingdom is of this world. I have long ago made up my mind that I'm not going to compete when it comes to money with all these preachers. Because they are so much doing competition of money among themselves. Who has how many private jets you don't buy now? And, and Jesus Christ in heaven is just looking at pastors. And he's just wondering. He said, look at them. They are carried away with the toys of this life. Those private jets and David Doe's 17 million era TV set. David Doe went to the market or imported them. One TV set. That one we we're, we're, we're watching here now. That one at balance as far as David Doe is concerned. That one brought out 17 million and bought one TV set. Another 17 million, another TV set, put one in the city room and the other in the bedroom. 17 million times four, just to watch the same CNN and AIT and Z World. 17 million. When you're watching that Z World, what you will see is what he too will see. Your television at 35,000 naira, you will see the same, uh, what's the name of those people you like watching? Samrat. I remember Sam Radabi. Because one has 17 million dollar television, you will not see Sam Rata. Will you see Sam Rata? Wait a minute. There is a hope that the witches have. There is a hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is that someday, someday, Jesus will break the blue and catch us up in the skies from there, take us into a plane, an air, a plane ride. Plane air ride, not airplane. Plane air ride. To heaven. Our mansions are given to us. Angels are welcoming us. A place where there is no sweat. A place where there is no fighting. A place where even the air that you breathe says to you, I love you. 
Oh, one little boy, 14 year old, oh gay from Ibadan, went to heaven, died and went to heaven and came back. He said, oh, that place was so beautiful. He said, as she entered heaven, he said, even the flowers that were planted by the street, he said, the flowers, the trees, they were clapping and they would say, welcome, welcome. The truth is, when you get to heaven, the flowers by the roadside will sing beautiful songs to welcome you to heaven. Flowers. When you sit in heaven on a chair and you feel like stretching the chair and recline, there's nothing to press. There's no remote control. Your thought is the remote control. Imagine you think, I feel like the chair will just understand your thought and stretch out. And then your thought is the vehicle of movement in heaven. If you want to move from one street to go and see Mary, the mother of Jesus, because heaven is also big, as you just say, I want to see Mary. That's your thought. You dematerialize in your own portion of heaven and materializes in Mary's portion of heaven. It's a highly sophisticated technology that the Holy Ghost uses in heaven. So all these, our jet plane, keyboard, our cell phone, we can do Zoom and conference call and video call. These are these are toys of the natural realm. And when we, when girls are committing fornication told that they can buy an iPhone, God is laughing. Those are just some high-tech toys of the natural realm. And everything in the natural realm is an inferior version of things in the spirit realm. Happiness on earth is an inferior version of happy, happiness. That, that, uh, from the one, compared to the one that is in heaven. Then even crying here... And pains here is an inferior version of pain compared to the one that is in hell. If you see what precious people that once lived on our earth who have now wound up in hell, if you see the horror and pain that is unimaginable to man, they go through, you will see that pain on earth is inferior. And, and, and enjoyment on earth is inferior. In heaven, you have full enjoyment. In hell, you have full pain. So earth is inferior to heaven. Or is inferior to the spiritual realm. The hope. Witches are told. When you are initiated into witchcraft. They begin to hold covens. In the coven they are not just always spending every second. Planning one evil or the other they are going to do. They also preach. And there they are told that when you finally die. You are committed. I don't know what they call it. Now, Islam has what they call Al-Jana. That Muslim, when you die, you come to Al-Jana. That is what they call heaven. Witches have a place like that. And they tell their, their, their fellow witches that when we die on the earth, we are coming over somewhere. And it's very easy for them to believe that. Because this is a person that was sleeping. At 12 midnight, something left him. And he appeared in one place where other people are gathered. And he sees them doing something that they can just say. They just blow something on somebody's photograph. They take somebody's photograph to the coven. Whom they want to destroy. And they do something. And they just say. And then somebody dies in the night before daybreak. They have seen demonstration of power. And so they're able to believe that the realm where this power is from, they are even told there is a Lucifer. 
they are told. And that before you can even get to that realm to see him, you must have killed so many people. You must, and, and witches and wizards are zealously going about destroying lives because they also want promotion. And you as Christians, you are busy doing soul winning and giving money to church and helping the needy because you are told we shall appear at the judgment seat of Christ and our work shall be tried and some of you are going to have better reward. Listen, nobody does these things without a hope. And the devil gave them a false hope. Let me tell you something. Those guys flew those planes into the twin towers. They, were, they pretended to be passengers. They hijacked the plane. They, they, they daggered the, the pilot. And they had spent years in aviation school in Florida. They were sponsored from Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan. They got visa to America to have attend aviation school. America did not know the, uh, that Al-Qaeda was the one paying the school fees of those guys in Florida. By the time they mastered the art of flying plane, they were not going to be commercial pilots. They, all these years they were in that aviation school, they were told you are going to graduate one day to know how to fly plane so that you can hijack a plane and kill the pilot on board and seize the plane and direct the, the flight of the plane and go and hit a building and kill everybody inside and those in the building. And anybody who is taking courses on how to hijack a plane and kill everybody must have a hope. They have told them that as Muslims, when we die in a holy war, you know they call it holy war. Eh? Jihad. Uh, jihad. Who told you witches are not told a hope? They are giving a hope. The hope is either true or false. Even when four and nine people dupe you, they say, MMM, uh, 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 bring this amount of money and within so-so time, you get so-so-so. If you don't have hope, you don't give them your money. Every four and nine must cook up a hope to dangle before you. And when the hope catches your fancy, you release your hard-earned money. But when they dupe you, you discover you were a victim of a misplaced hope. Am I making sense? It is hope that makes us do anything. Hope. What do I stand to gain in this thing? I have a hope. If I drop dead, I open my eyes in heaven. That's the ultimate of our hope. I will talk about looking for that blessed hope. The glorious, the glorious appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul said, as he was winding up 2 Timothy, he said, there is therefore now a crown laid up for me because I have kept the faith, I fought the fight, I finished the race. He said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord Jesus Christ on that day, the day of his appearing, will give to me. He said, not only me should have this hope, but all them that love his appearing. If you love the appearing, you will talk about rapture more than any pastor. And you serve a God. In a church like Pavilion, where Pastor Tio tells people, I dangle before you day and night the ultimate of our hopes, the glorious appearing of Jesus. This is what I talk about every Sunday, every Wednesday. Each time you listen to my preaching, you can tell this man has his great focus and unbroken focus on eternity. I think about my life. Oh, I'm already. We went to visit a white man in Louisiana, in Shreveport, the city of Shreveport in Louisiana. That was in 2003 or 2002. Myself and the Wellings, we went to the hospital to visit a white lady that was sick. 
the, 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 the man is a brother of Alva Welik. Bridget, you know Alva Welik. And so his wife was sick to the point of death. And we went to visit. In the hospital, we're holding the hand, pray for her. We pray for this woman to recover from sickness. And you know, she said to us, no, she turned to the husband after we finished praying. The husband held her hand like this. She was lying down on the bed with drips on her body. Then he held the husband's hand. And somebody we are praying for to be healed. She said, I've forgotten the husband's name. He called her by the name and said, you know, I'm really not interested in all this prayer, you know. My body is already so frail and I'm here. Say, Lord, when are you going to take me home? I'm sorry, honey, that I'm talking like that, but I really, they are Christians. You say, I really want to go home and rest. I love you so much, but I think I want to go to be with Jesus. And she was crying. She didn't like that we're praying for her to recover. How old were they? I think that woman at that time would be like 76. No, Ava Welik was 73 when she came to Nigeria. You remember? The husband was 68. So, and that was the elder brother. So the wife must be, maybe, I don't know. Amen. So long as a girl, a guy who is sleeping, has a spiritual means of transportation from the sleep to appear somewhere, by 2 a.m. the meeting is over and she's back in her body. It's easy to preach to her that the way you left your body and you came to another world, that is how when you finally live your life on earth, there is another world where the streets are these, the beauty of these, all the, 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 depending on the number of atrocities you have committed, that is how your mansion will be. Witches are zealously trying to make you lose your job. They are trying to put sickness on your body. They are trying to kill your husband. The, everything you see witches doing is because there is a hope. But they are serving the father of lies. Because the devil came to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But how can he kill them? How can he destroy them? How can he steal their salvation? It is to dangle a false hope before them. And the dangling of that false hope is the art of deceiving. He came to steal, to kill, to destroy. But he carried those assignments out by deceiving, accusing, and he will tempt you. He will deceive you. So, so everything is it ends here. There's no heaven once we die. Oh, this is terrible. Ah, no heaven, no hell. So let's just live and enjoy and die. That's what them Davido are thinking. That's what them hush puppy are thinking. Let's just enjoy and die. There's no afterlife. There's nothing like all oh, these pastors are just cooking up the story of heaven and hell to collect your tithe and offering. They are telling themselves in the occult that pastors form those stories to collect tithe and offering. Heaven and hell is not about tithe and offering. Oh, they say heaven, there is a hell. Nobody enters heaven and is shocked. Say, ah! So now, Hey, I didn't know I would make heaven. Oh, so I'm here. And then you find demons coming to taunt them in hell. 
Because those demons will finally get to hell and not be able to taunt anybody. Because demons have not been judged. You remember that devil that Jesus was trying to ask out from the demon of the madman of Gadara? He said, Jesus, what have we got to do with you? Have you come to torment us before the time? They even know the timetable. They are not yet tormented right now. Demons can go to hell and come out and still come and possess people here. They can go to hell, stroll in there and come out. They are not participating in the torment of hell. But they will finally wind up there. When the time comes, they will even show far more than the people that are already there. But whenever they come to hell, they come to say, when you were coming to the covenant, we told you there is hope somewhere. You didn't listen to Pastor Thiel. You came to the covenant. You had communion of witches. You came on Sunday service. Pastor Thiel gave you bread and wine. You could not avail yourself. They were the demons that came to the covenant and spoke like their grandmasters and spoke to them. They say a hope somewhere. And when they finally die and split their wide open, discovery there is no hope yet they thought there was one. The same demons that had the covenant meeting shows up to say, Woo, oh dear, you didn't know we were deceiving you all this while. But you heard that man of God, Pastor Tio, every Sunday, every Wednesday, Friday, talking about heaven and hell, about Jesus. Why didn't you believe? And then those in hell begin to say, we thought Pastor Tio was deceiving us. After all, you demon, you were the one telling us not to mind that pastor.